Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, uh, depending, of course, where you're watching from. I'm, hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm with my son today. He's, uh, it's his bedtime, so he's supposed to say goodbye, but apparently he is playing. So my name is Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate, and I want to say bye for Orlando. Orlando, doeg, zeg je nog gedag? Bye. Nog liever. Slaap lekker. Ja? Oké. So, my name is Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate. And today we'll be having an interesting conversation regarding sustainability. So please stay online and, and also know that during this live stream, I do want you to share the love. So sh please share the love or tag somebody in this live post so that I know that you're watching. And know that if you have a comment or if you have a question regarding today's topic or you just want to share your story, please do. Because um, I'm doing this show, I'm creating this show not only for myself, but not only for my guest speaker, but also to include you in the conversation so that I know that you know, that you're watching, right? So um, I'm trying to find out if the if I'm streaming live on LinkedIn because it doesn't show up on LinkedIn. Yes, I can see something. Yes, I can see something. So sorry for the delay, but um, today I wanted to share a highlight for uh, this article that I recently uh, had written. So this article is about Zoom fatigue, and I'm I will be sharing some tips to prevent the Zoom fatigue. So please go to this article, go to bit.ly-zoom fatigue, and know that if you're tired of reading all these articles because you have been all these Zoom meetings or you have been a lot of video call meetings, I got you covered. I have an audio of this article. So you can easily listen to this article and listen to the tips that I'm sharing, but also listen to the impacts of the impact of uh, video call fatigue, or as everybody's calling it now, Zoom fatigue and the digital eye strain and how to prevent this. So if you don't want to read it, you can listen to the audio version of this article. So please say, uh, know that you can listen to it or otherwise read it in your own time. And I also want to share a highlight or do um, share a highlight on Amsterdam, the city where I'm from. So Amsterdam, I'm, I'm currently broadcasting from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and they are going to embrace a donut model, which is a holistic model where they are going to think about uh, think about the people who are living there, but also think about the planet. And this is the best time and the best way to do that. So I want to do a highlight towards Kate Bradward for doing this and for nudging Amsterdam to do this so that we can um, create a healthier future, not only for now, but also for the, gener the next generation and the generation after that. So thank you, Kate. And uh, if you want to read more about the article, uh, just Google Amsterdam donut model and you'll find this article from The Guardian. And I also wanted to share 
something about what it means. So one of the things that it's uh, is in there is that they are going to do something about the climate change with this model. They're going to reduce the climate change with this model. Um, another way uh, that they are are looking at things is also um, reduce the fertilizer use. So look at this article and otherwise Google it. There are so many interesting things that we can learn from it. And instead of looking at it as uh, we're too late to save the world, no, we are just in time to save the world and to make an impact and to change the world. So um, with no further ado, I'm going to bring up my guest speaker because today it's all about the net impact of sustainability. And I'm going to bring Andrea up and she is up. And Andrea Palmer is the president of Net Impact Amsterdam, the local branch of a global member organization of professionals aiming to drive sustainability through their careers. And she also works at a, as a product specialist at Triodos Investment Management. Andrea lives in the Netherlands, is originally from Chicago, but she's currently where? Where are you, Andrea? Hey, Vivian, yes, <laughs> that's correct. So yeah, currently I am visiting my parents in Florida. Uh, as you probably know, many people, once they hit a certain age in America, tend to migrate down this way. So yeah, just over here for uh, a little while, giving them an extra set of hands during all of the COVID uh, challenges finding it especially tricky to get back to the Netherlands, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so far so good. Good, good. And regarding your connection, what is your connection with humanizing the workplace? Yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a really great question. And maybe to, to give an insight to that, well, basics mm -hmm. is I'm a human and I work in a workplace. So, um, yeah, at that kind of fundamental level, I think every single person who goes to work has a interest in creating an environment that embraces human nature and that gives people the, the kind of dignity that they deserve and the kind of openness that they can give as a, as a creative uh, being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at Net Impact Amsterdam, our kind of reason for being is to help uh, emerging leaders of at all sorts, uh, all stages of their career to build the network and the knowledge to, to do their part in steering and in influencing for a more just and sustainable world. And we see many people, uh, especially in our generation, that are making this a fundamental requirement of their employer choice. Mm -hmm. So I think more and more, all of us want to want to humanize. Yes, definitely. And also, uh, I'm also curious about what made you start Net Impact in the Netherlands? Because it's already a huge organization uh, in the States and elsewhere in the country, so in, in the world. So why here and why yeah. now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, also a good question. So indeed, Net Impact is it's a global organization started in the early 90s, and it has more than 400 chapters in more than 40 countries. So it definitely has a wide reach. Um, but the reason I started this in the Netherlands was um, because I work in the financial sector. 
Mm -hmm. And working in the financial sector, you tend to start building yourself into a silo. So you start seeing the world through numbers. And I felt like that was a little bit, yeah, not necessarily what I wanted to uh, only steer myself towards. So I felt that sustainability was extremely broad. So you need an organization to bring people together from across sectors, from across industries, from across places in the world, backgrounds, ages, etc., to ensure that the kind of cross-pollinations that we need to drive a sustainable future are in place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, what I was was thinking when I started Net Impact in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. But what made you? see that you know you work at Triodos at the moment and you have a uh, a sustainable heart like i say um was it hard in the beginning to announce that that you want to do more with sustainability um yeah it was so not mm-hmm. necessarily in the netherlands that i felt mm-hmm. always very um accommodated when i would have that conversation however that is largely the reason why I'm in the Netherlands. So um, that conversation was completely different in the U.S. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the, when I moved to to the Netherlands, it was because basically I was working for a company in the U.S. and my boss basically gave me the, oh, it's so cute that you like sustainability, but by the way, we've got X, Y, Z to uh, do first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was in many ways an act of, of defiance but uh, turned out for the best so um yeah and you managed to find to to work for a bank that holds sustainability high because there there are there are not a lot of banks in the netherlands that have sustainability in their top three pillars perhaps not the top three pillars Mm -hmm. but it's far, far higher on the agenda than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if it's not top three, it might be top 10, where in other places it's not even in the first 50. Wow. So in many cases, like, yeah, I still think that in general, the Netherlands is by far light years ahead of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in basically every part of sustainable finance or sustainable investing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't necessarily think it's it's a challenge. Um, but where I do find sometimes a struggle is in in balancing because what used to be w- uh, my hobby, basically, what I would spend my free time researching, mm-hmm. educating myself on, uh, became more directly my work. Mm-hmm. So it's tricky to understand and find when am I always talking about work or when am I talking about the things that I love and that I care so much about? So uh, that's where I find some form of, of, of challenge there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it easier for you to, um, when you talk to others who are not in this field or who are interested in sustainability, but aren't there yet, um, how do you, touch their heart or how do you, I'm not trying to say convince them, but how do you uh, raise awareness regarding this topic? Because working in a financial industry, um, there are a lot of companies who don't value or don't, like I said, who don't put their 
sustainability on number one or maybe in the number 10 or maybe now. And I know that the Netherlands, we are doing our best and there are a lot of companies that are doing their best. But uh, when you are an entrepreneur or if you are uh, an employee who wants to embrace sustainability, it can sometimes be challenging. What is your tip yeah, that you have a, for that person? A huge challenge. Mm -hmm. However, I think especially for the people who who are thinking about it but need some extra reason to buy into it, mm -hmm. with this type of group, I think the best approach is to still meet them in the middle. And I think you can do this by discussing the concept of how sustainability influences the bottom line mm -hmm. or could influence the bottom line and or their risk potential. So it's really looking at the concept of a few sustainability indicators. So kind of narrowing down the scope for them uh, and identifying and exploring how these indicators could influence their business model mm -hmm. from a positive yeah. or a negative. Yeah. So it's still a financially driven discussion. However, it's, it's a way to enter that doesn't um, kind of throw people off. Yeah. It's a very logical approach that uh, in, a, in essence kills two birds with one stone. So that's for the, for the people that are not convinced on merit, they can be convinced by empirical evidence of that sustainability in very many cases is good for business. So that's the approach I would take with the people who just are non-believers um, from their hearts. They can use their head, no problem. Mm -hmm. um, and for the people who are kind of interested in sustainability, but are searching for ways to make this part of their career, um, yeah, I would say the best place to start is just educating themselves, reading, really participating in conversations. And that's basically what Knit Impact uh, aims to do. So to create that platform where people can have open conversations with not only what they're doing well, but very clear on what they need to, what they know they need to improve on. So I was just I was just waiting on for you to say something about Knit Impact. I almost was. <laughs> oh, almost, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's how I came across Net Impact. Somebody um, shared an event with me, and I started to join. And it was just like, okay, this is a a cool way to find like-minded people who uh, put sustainability on a on a high plate, right? Because that's what we need, especially right now. We need to to have to find like-minded people who are advocating for sustainability. Yeah. And actually, when people ask me what like my favorite or my most meaningful kind of reasons why Net Impact mm -hmm. is why I'm passionate about it, actually, yeah. I refer back to you because <laughs> at one moment in time, at one of our events, I remember you yeah. came to me and you said like, wow, my social score for today is just through the roof. Yeah. And, yeah. and like witnessing the energy that you got from meeting the people in Net Impact was so powerful on me so yeah. it's really something that triggers me to to keep this going so yeah so to hear. Like this, is a that. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> this is a surprise so i just met net impact last year and i went to a simple event on a sunday and it was really 
nice to meet you know people with green hearts and also people with different green heart because sustainability it touches different areas and the the core that i advocate for the most is employee sustainability but that doesn't mean that i disregard the other parts of sustainability but just so you know that there are different layers on a cake just like sustainability has different layers as well so regarding that and we are in the midst of a challenging period and i i need to ask this question the impact of covid 19 or ncrs so corporate responsibility i'm missing something corporate responsibility help me social responsibility gotcha yes yes <laughs> that one um are companies going back to their old ways of doing business because of you know the new normal that is happening at the moment where they think with with you know finance and i in a way i i understand that and the reason why i'm i'm sharing this is because i am hearing so much news about india and what is happening to them and also the the the, the um i know that a lot of companies i'm not going to say names i'm trying not to say names but a lot of companies signed a social agreement saying that they are going to pay pay fair they are going to treat the people better and now i'm seeing that all orders are being dropped or they are not taking uh taking all the orders now because of what's happening at the moment with covid yeah i mean it's really incredible how big of a kind of reset button mm -hmm. that the entire world has set during all of this yeah um i mean we've really been undergoing truly the world's largest working from home experiment and and mm -hmm. it's working i mean many yeah. of us are, are very happy in this new setting others not i mean balancing work and, and parenting and and managing a household can be really burdensome mm -hmm. um but from a humanizing the worst workplace yeah. perspective well we're definitely starting to humanize i mean yeah i have seen all sorts of new things uh about my colleagues like even something as so small as like oh show us what your house looks like mm -hmm. that really reflects you as a person so we're starting to get to know our colleagues in a, mm -hmm. in a much different way um just by interacting in a slightly different way we're getting a really big glimpse into their private lives yeah it could be for the first time ever yeah but um yeah i don't know if we're i don't suspect that we're going to be able to go back to the old ways of business i mean what i see in the esg investing community is that the asset owners like pension funds and insurance mm -hmm. companies foundations etc they're starting to take a closer look at the S component of the ESG, which wow. is the environmental, social, and governance. And they're really focusing and zeroing in on that S. Um, so this is things just like you've been covering. So things like uh, workplace policies, workplace wellness, um, affordable healthcare, care yeah. leave, sick leave, things that many countries, for example, in the Netherlands, they're already doing a great job at, su at sustaining that through the corporate environment mm -hmm. but in places like the us like i mean it's not even mandatory to have some form of sick leave yeah true. i find this so sad yeah. for a place uh, that is is such a, a wealthy country 
to not even have basic humane standards for its employees. So that said, I do know that companies are kind of filling the gap of policy in many places to uh, sustain their workforce through through initiatives like that. So mm -hmm. I think any company that was trying to get away with it before it's going to be penalized now, right? It's going yeah. to be penalized because yeah. investors are are knocking on their doors, mm -hmm. expecting answers to these kind of questions. And the ones that might not be up to speed so far, I mean, well, they could be in for a big surprise at their next uh, general meeting. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Good. Good that you put it out there. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how can leadership embrace the United States or oh, sorry the you, the United Nations sustainable development goals so there are these development goals I think it's 17 right correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong 17 yeah. uh, sustainable development goals where the UN has designed to help companies but to help the world in general to work on the different layers of sustainability yeah how yeah. What, what can we do to help leadership embrace this? Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. Um, mm -hmm. And the way I see it is that the role of business in the world has always been to fill gaps in society. So people need something and business can step in to fill that need, just like mm -hmm. I mentioned with the policy gap in the U.S. Um, when you look at the U.N. Sustainable Development Goals, to mm -hmm. me, it's, it is absolutely striking how much of these just indicate the needs, the fundamental needs of people. Yeah. So you have like things like good health and well-being, clean water and sanitation, yeah. affordable and clean energy, for example. So this strikes me as really baseline critical needs of society. And if you apply that thinking from the perspective of a business leader, whether it be management, boards of directors or even change makers at lower levels of the organization keeping these sdg needs at the forefront front could present to the business opportunities to serve an underserved mm -hmm. community and yeah. thereby sustain a new line of business so they need mm -hmm. to think of this as an opportunity uh, to serve societies to serve people and to serve their bottom line so yeah. Once they start that kind of integrated thinking, it should all fall into place. So embracing should come naturally, but I just mm -hmm. don't know if we're there yet. It needs some some educating first. Yeah, and also know that doing this will also uh, boost your employee morale. Not only that, it can boost also your employer brand. But I do want to emphasize that that's not the reason why you should do this. You should do this because you want to make the world a better place and not yeah. make your brand look better in the media. Yeah, and I guess you also see a lot of that. I mean, these mm -hmm. like sustainability in general is a great opportunity for companies to kind of mark themselves in a certain color, mm -hmm. and but maybe not without a lot of substance yet. Yeah. So uh, I think it's up to people like us as consumers, as investors, as policymakers, all of the above, to hold them to account with any claim that they're making. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess you, you see that very often as well mm -hmm. in, in the kind of workplace wellness space. Yeah. And also know that, you know, do, during this lockdown, it made me 
think about the things. Do I really need it? Can yeah. I not reuse it? Because um, there are so many things that we're doing at the moment, like where I'm pointing my fingers towards companies, but what am I doing myself for myself to become more sustainable? So I'm trying to reuse things or trying to give things away and not throw them away uh, yeah. to play my part, you know, in this whole big pillar of sustainability. Yeah, it's a, it's a, mm -hmm. you know, there's always a silver lining. Yeah. And seeing us still be able to function and in most cases still thrive mm -hmm. just with less yeah. is a way to, well, even if we were forced into it, it's still mm -hmm. a way to start practicing new habits. Yes. True. And uh, yeah. So I think what you say is, is true for a lot of people that, mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't go to the store, you, you do without. You just take a can of beans. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, I haven't been to a store for like three weeks. So my partner is doing all the shopping, but I'm really, you know, when I have the need to go to a certain store, even when it's just groceries, I'm really asking myself, do I really need it? Yeah. And then I'm saying, no, I don't. So I stay home. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, That's a good crazy. exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there is also a positive side, right, regarding this lockdown. So what is what is a positive outcome besides from, you know, the donut story that I shared before? Uh, what is a positive outcome of the COVID-19 lockdown? What, what, what have you seen and what has amazed you during this process? Yeah, well, one just from, from the personal side, mm -hmm. um, I live abroad. Mm -hmm. I'm now back with my parents for... A little bit longer than expected <laughs> due to uh, flight trap patterns, but it's given us, and I guess the same for many other families uh, in the world, um, a kind of platform to reconnect mm -hmm. with one another and to, to be a little bit more creative on how we use our time. Yeah. So I've learned a lot of new things during this <laughs> During this lockdown, I learned how to tile. I learned how to do woodworking. I cooked a lot of things I never cooked before. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and most importantly, I did this with my parents. So I got mm -hmm. to learn from my dad, got to learn from my mom. So I think that's been a really huge positive. And I, I suspect that there are many people also in the world who are kind of feeling that family connection really well right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one. Uh, potentially another one is well, what I think is really special about this time is that we're all seeing firsthand just how resilient and adaptable our natural ecosystems mm -hmm. yes. are. Yes. It's fascinating and yeah. it's so encouraging and inspiring. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been just a few weeks, months of lockdown. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it nature like is showing us um it's absolutely remarkable signs of healing yes so for me that is just just really really something to kind of latch on to mm -hmm. uh in a sense of hope uh that it is possible to give the earth the space it needs to regenerate yeah so yeah i think both both of those things are, are really really special uh, and also and also to add on to that 
um, regarding the flexibility, but also the, the opportunity to work from home. So uh, a positive note that I see is that where companies or employers have been a little bit adamant to help their to help to make it possible for their employees to work from home now they can and knowing that is also challenging is it necessary to create more office space create more buildings yeah where you're you're in a position or you return to a position where it's no longer needed to have that many space because now um, in the Netherlands, there are a lot of companies who are looking towards, okay, how are we going to create that one and a half meter space if we need that mm -hmm. space? Is, is it necessary for to have everybody in the office? Is it yeah. the second question that I want to ask? Is it necessary to even have an office? I, I think we do to create that connectivity. But yeah. you can also think about, do you need a huge office or can you create can you just, you know, use that small office and redesign it a bit so that you can still keep on the people and rotate? Such a fascinating question, really. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just heard a statistic um, from Federated Hermes, their director of engagement in one of the yeah. competent board programs that I'm participating in right mm -hmm. now. And he said that their analysts uh, estimate that there right now globally is a 50% oversupply of office space. So, so we're cutting down on the office space. We're saving money yeah. there. Yeah. So what is that going to do? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to absolutely wipe out uh, office valuation. Number one. Yeah. yeah. Um, the real estate business is different. It's definitely going to change. Yes, definitely. And yeah, I think like for maybe speaking from Triodos, we've they've given us 250 euros each to basically stock our at-home office. Wow. We also just built a truly incredible mm -hmm. office space yeah. in the forest. It's magnificent. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think we're going to stop going there, not at all. I would hope not because it's truly lovely. Um, but it might mean that we are, can still gain new employees, but without needing to take on more space. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess your, your kind of assumption on that is probably correct that mm -hmm. we will not be going back to work the way we were before. Never. Uh, I mean, this, this has left a mark on everybody's. Uh, memory even my son he now knows that the name corona is, <laughs> there is no positive association with that because for him it personally ruined his school experience right oh, and yeah. he was a bit sad but apparently they are going to start the schools uh, somewhere in half may so i'm happy but i'm also i'm mildly happy because i wonder if that is okay to preserve the lives of others, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's. Um, I mean, this is truly a a crisis like we will never mm -hmm. see again. We hope. Yeah, definitely. And many people are in pain because of this. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yes, we can also look at the bright side, but it's it's really um, beyond tremendously terrible. 
the the kind of pain that this is causing people around the world like for example even just the feeling of danger mm-hmm. even those who haven't lost someone even just the yeah. sense of of insecurity and the financial insecurity is yeah really really terrible for people so we definitely should not uh, downplay that this is is a tremendous loss yeah and also yeah. for those who have lost a family member or a friend uh know that you know i just want to do a shout out through this program and say and share my support i can't imagine you losing somebody uh during this period but i just want to say something and say that um yeah and say that we're sorry for your loss so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. And when it comes to, no, this this is a bit politics, so I'm not going to ask the question, but what I do want to ask you is, we have this now. What is the lesson that you hope companies will learn and do better or do different after this crisis? Yeah, also a fantastic question. Um, Yeah, I would say that I hope companies don't continue pushing products for the sake of only profit. Yeah. Uh, Not to fill the, and they need to look at how are they filling the critical gaps of society. Mm -hmm. And that covers not just human needs, but also environmental needs. So that is what I would really hope that companies um, fully embrace after this crisis and really um, kind of look at this from just a, a whole new resetted button, reset button. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, what I like, I'm going to give a shout out as well to Alessia, mm-hmm. um, because I really love what she said. She made a film and she did a manifesto and what she calls the age of enough. Mm-hmm. And as mentioned before, we're in a moment where we're realizing we have enough. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go to the store. We're we're dealing with it without it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, my thought is that I hope companies can find business models that don't simply rely on material outputs, but that can serve needs of society through more creative alternatives. True, true. true. I tried to find her, but I couldn't find her as quickly. Oh, but... she's fantastic. The film is called Petrol Dollars for a Different Engine. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. For those of you who want to know more, just Google it and watch that movie because yeah. now it's the time to save Mother Earth, right? Now it's the time to to do something about it. And also know that um, there were talks about, um, what was it? There was this huge conferation where the United States wanted to to drop out regarding the... Uh, what is the the pollution? Help me. I'm I'm forgetting the, the Paris conference. Agreement. Yes, the Paris Agreement. But doesn't it seem now that it's evident that the Paris Agreement should be, you know, non- in the in the top ten regarding saving Mother Nature again? Yes. Well, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of American politics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not asking you to do that because that's yeah. all. That's, that, that's but you can't touch this question without yeah. having some form of uh, of political rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any case, yeah, I mean that has been kind of the criteria. Mm-hmm. So there are some parts of the of the world who want to approach 
an economic stimulus package with some strings attached. And there are others that put environmental and social strings on any stimulus package mm-hmm. or recovery plan in general. Yeah. So yeah. in my opinion, absolutely, it must be number one. I think if we go back to the way that we started, we've we've absolutely lost our chance. Yeah. Yeah. And um we should all come together in unifying our voice around this because we want to come back from this stronger. Yes. And putting these at the forefront will enable us to do that. Yeah. And what I also want to add is, you know, we're talking about the companies, we're talking about the organizations, but we also have an individual, um, how do you say, responsibility to make things happen. Maybe not buy a certain product or maybe just wait on a certain product or maybe just use money talks, use your money to... Uh, to go and think about the future. So that that means maybe start implementing Meatless Monday to save the world. Maybe start uh, eating, you know, healthier food to save the world. Start doing your own part to make the world a better place. Yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the midst of 2020. We don't know when this crisis will end, but I do want to ask this question because I have hope that a lot of us will make it to 2025. And that's why I'm asking you this question. Can you share your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and net impact Amsterdam? Yeah, my wish for 2025, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, from the net impact perspective, I would really like to see uh, our partnership for academic impact research. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an acronym for it called the PEAR program. uh, And it's with the VU Green Office um, Mm -hmm. research team. Uh, I would like to see that grow. It is basically a matchmaking partnership where net impact sources impact related academic research questions from our members Mm -hmm. and then the VU green office research coordinator matches those uh with student researchers at the VU uh and then they conduct a formal study on these market driven uh or at least market sourced questions so and the reason i want to grow this and the reason that this is my wish is because I think that this is tangible uh, impact that we can have on both our members and both on our students and and in turn on the social uh, ecosystem and on the natural ecosystem. So um, yeah, that's my wish to kind of grow this kind of cross collaboration that we need to uh, enable more informed decisions around sustainability. And, mm-hmm. and also for our members, it offers them an element of work that they can feel more personally involved in and fulfilled by with very little barrier to entry. So no. um, it enables them to start humanizing their workplace as well. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. did, you, did you find, no, you started Net Impact before you started working at Triodos. How did, how did that matching came across, by the way. Uh, actually, I started at Impact after starting at Triodos, about two years in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, of course, there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Given given the nature and the philosophy and the values of Triodos as an organization, um, they're totally aligned, which mm-hmm. is extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been it's been a really great um, journey to start seeing my work through a slightly different lens here and there because I've, of course met new people i've had to do things and learn skills that i didn't have before so yeah it's been a lot a really good um moment to just start reshaping and relooking at the way um my network was unfolding and that i was working with people so yeah i think that's uh, kind of how that went yeah and is going that's also cool also cool. And what what is the tip that you ha- can share with those who want to work in who want to, who still want to do their job? So, for instance, if you're working in marketing or you're working in an IT related uh, function, but you still want to do more with sustainability, what is the tip that you can share with them? Yeah, fantastic question. Mm-hmm. And in summary, I would say that it is going to take a village. Yeah. So. Basically, so join that impact. Join yeah, number one. Impact. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, I think it takes the skills and the knowledge and the perspectives of a very diverse group of people within an organization to use their voice and to use their abilities mm-hmm. to um, approach these problems or these challenges that we're having in the face of, of, of climate and social inequality. Um, to come together and to to speak up. No, yeah. that's maybe number one. I would say start mm-hmm. speaking up. Yeah. Because the moment you don't speak up, you are basically accepting. Yeah. I don't think any of us are in a position to be accepting the normal right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that would be my number one tip: yeah. is not be afraid to use your voice and to understand that even if you don't if you don't directly work in sustainability, you do have the skills that the sustainability community needs to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely add in that uh, when you speak up and you're not heard, sometimes it it's, it's helpful to find a tribe outside of the company that you're working for instead of inside because uh, being an advocate, and I'm talking about my own experience, um, Becoming a uh, sustainable advocate in the company. Sometimes people don't want don't want to hear you. Aren't ready for what you're sharing, or aren't at that level of where you are. And it helps to find a tribe in the company. And if it doesn't, if you don't have a tribe within the company, find a tribe outside of the company so that you at least can share stories and can inspire each other from that. Yeah, very well said. That's indeed mm-hmm. uh, so important to feel mm-hmm. a sense of the, of not being alone. In this. Yes, definitely. And that's like I, like I said before, the reason I moved to the Netherlands was because I, I really felt, yeah, alone in my mission on that. Mm-hmm. So it also was enough to say, yeah, we need to make a change. My career matters. I can I can use my skills for something different. And I'm mm-hmm. going to for so. something good yeah exactly yeah yeah so mokwa thank you for sharing your your feedback we're doing our best so thank you and um 
I really enjoyed it. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. And if you have any questions for Andrea afterwards or um, any questions regarding net impact, you can reach her on LinkedIn. You can reach her on Twitter, but I think LinkedIn is the best way to, to reach out. Yeah. And if you want to know more or about net impact, just Google net impact or go to LinkedIn. They have so many pages uh, about net impact. But if you're specifically looking for a net impact in the Netherlands and it is net impact Amsterdam, right? Yes. Where they perfect. need to find it. Yeah. 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 So it's net impact Amsterdam. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's net impact Amsterdam dot home dot blog. Sorry for the long URL. <laughs> Google it. Net impact yeah. Amsterdam. You'll find it. You'll find yes. so, so many links for that. No, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. I hope you have a safe journey back to the Netherlands. And um, are you? will you be organizing some events too? Because like you shared before, I really loved your events and I still love them. So I hope that you will continue with the events online because uh, people need that. People, we need you need to do something, or Net Impact needs to do something to raise awareness, especially now, now that people are, you know, uh, thinking about maybe saving the world or helping the world. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, we're definitely still uh, in progress. We're expanding mm -hmm. our team, mm -hmm. even. Um, to basically kind of re-strategize. So yeah. we were always a very in-person centric mm -hmm. organization. And yeah. I think long-term that is still definitely the, the goal. Mm -hmm. um, however, at the kind of short term, we are definitely hoping to start um, finding some Zoom uh, ways to connect. I know mm -hmm. it's not gonna, it might add to your Zoom fatigue, but mm -hmm. uh, I know you have a good <laughs> tips and tricks on how yeah. to, uh, how to through that yeah um so yeah you can stay tuned you can follow us on our linkedin it's at impact amsterdam and we will keep everybody informed on what's going on we also share a lot of good content from our members if you mm -hmm. are a member and you want to write something we're happy to publish it on our website uh and we also um share articles that our members source for us and it's just a nice community to yeah. access information true true mm-hmm I'm going to close off, so don't leave yet, but I'm going to finish and then I'll get back to you soon. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who have been um, watching this, I really want to say thank you to you for being an advocate and watching this show. And if you are on Team Replay, just share the love, or even if Team Live, just share the love and know that um, if you have a topic or if you have a question that you want me to ask a guest speaker, let me know and I'll do my best. My name is Vivian Aqua, the Workplace Wellness Advocate. And next week, we'll be talking about workplace wellness with uh, one of my workplace wellness bestie. And um, that's it for now. Thank you. And until next time. Bye.